Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Alright, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Welcome back in, everybody! Another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. As always, one of your hosts, McNutted, or as I've been rebranded by the GOAT himself on Twitter, TDK, the Teardown King, and rocking with me, as always, my good buddy, Adam. What's going on tonight, Adam? How you doing? Everybody kneel. We got the Teardown <laughs> King on a knee. Man, uh, that, that's a that's a nice that's a nice nickname, man. I like it. I'm gonna have to go through and, and change everything I have now. All my handles need to be TDK or Teardown King with the crown emoji, something like. Once you've been crowned by the goat himself, Mister Ray GQ, you you got to do it right. You have to. You got to lean in. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? At TDK and ATM. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. Uh before we get at. Before we go any further, like, leave a review, rate the podcast. It helps us out so much. I can't stress it enough. Make sure you're checking out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas gets you into Destination Debbie, and patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. One dollar gets you in the door to get to hang out with us on random Wednesday nights where we get drunk and play music and <laughs> talk to all the patrons. It's a good time. It's a good time. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, me at Iowa Michael and my boy Adam at ATM4D Chess. So, hell of an episode we did last week. Two Kennys, one cup, one draft. Oh, see, even I didn't. Even I slipped them. Damn. Damn. Oh, I'm say <laughs> Two Kennys, one draft, not one cup. Let's, let's keep this like PG 13. Oh, I, I think that's God. over now. Well, <laughs> l- l- let's talk about it, though. <laughs> I, I love that episode. I love that we did it. Uh, some things that came up that I think we should discuss just right off the jump here. Uh, what is the context 
Um, right. So we just did the objective numbers. Uh, so in regards to Kenny Pickett, right, we had a breakout, a potential breakout into the top six. Right. And he had some pretty good numbers, some decent numbers, being a first round quarterback and some of the more in-depth stuff that we we dove into. But a little more context on it. And one question posed by Ray is how much does it factor in for you, Adam, and for me? And I've had a chance to think about it, but I'm going to pose this question to you right now. With the way the quarterback landscape is right now, being so solid at the top, like, you know, QB8 for a lot of people is Lamar fucking Jackson, for Christ's sakes. Like, really good. And then we got all these guys like T-Law and Fields and Lawrence and uh, maybe Jalen Hurts if he gets an extension waiting in the wing. Would you say it's going to be pretty hard to break into, like, the top 12 of dynasty quarterbacks, like for a guy like Kenny Pickett? How much does that factor in when you're looking at it, like, this guy may never be QB seven <laughs> in dynasty may never be there. Does that yeah. factor in at all? Yeah, I think it should. I mean, l- l- let's, let's be real about the historical part of it too, right? The game, Mike, even for the NFL is starting to shift. Like there's been a time where it was harder for even these running quarterbacks to establish themselves as a true starter for a long time. And now you're seeing, Mike, there's a lot of quarterbacks that we know in fantasy, you want the Konami code. You want the ones that can run because that gives you points in fantasy. Now there are, there are quite a bit more quarterbacks that do run the football. So there is that aspect, but so I would say this, like, how do I put this right? Yes. Is it going to be very hard for him to to get into the top six at quarterback? Yeah, it, that that's probably not likely. Like, could it happen? I think we we've we've run the numbers. Like, it, we've shown that it can happen. Yeah, but probable outcomes, I don't know about that. Here, here's what I'll say though: Are we discounting? Like, isn't there a difference? I think there's still a chance. What what? Why in that situation? Are we saying he can't be a back-end quarterback one, though? Like, yeah. I think that is a much more realistic outcome for him. We've seen guys like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, Mike, do the same thing. Yeah. And I don't even know that they had as many weapons, right? Yeah. And yeah. this is the other thing. I think we'll see We'll see what he does in the NFL. But as 40 Time says, like, I'm not going to call him Konami Code, but he might be able to give you some points on the ground with a 4-7, right? I mean, he might be able to escape sometimes and give you some points with his legs. I mean, we value Joe Burrow pretty highly, right? And he's not in an elite rushing threat at the quarterback position, is he? I mean, he's... What, what, wouldn't, wouldn't we say that he's a top six quarterback in Dynasty right now, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yes. Some people have him at four or five. You know what I mean? Like, they got him over Kyler Murray. What And what's the difference, really? Like, do I clearly want uh, Justin Herbert ahead of Joe Burrow? For me, yes. But there are some people that will go hot take and say there's not that much different between the two. I'll tell you that I think Justin Herbert has more with his legs. And I think he's got a more of an absolute gun. But yes. that's if you're splitting hairs, right? Like, is Kenny Pickett's ceiling Joe Burrow? I don't know that it's that high, Mike. I, I don't know that I can say that it's that high. Like, I don't know that. But I do know this. Like, if I'm talking just the quarterback position, like, let's think about this now. Dynasty DeGeneres, let's really think about this exercise. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert probably not getting to that level like it's that is i would say to consider that within a realistic outcome for him is being foolish right yeah. it's just not yep. realistic I, agree. I would say even the next tier 
Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray is being far too bullish. Right? And then you got Dak, Lamar, Watson, Russell Wilson, right? Those are the guys that are the gatekeepers. Yeah. Right? That's that next tier that's still probably unlikely. Yeah. But Mike, after that, like let, let's really talk about it. Because that gives you what? Eight guys. Nine guys. Nine guys, sorry. Quarterback 10, 11, 12. We still love Trey Lance. What what, what? I like Trey Lance quite a bit, but we, yeah. we don't know anything about Trey Lance. Don't know shit. Trevor Lawrence. Had a Justin bad year. Fields, had a bad had a, year. Had a horrible year. Justin Fields. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Right now, we love what he's going to do for our lineups this year. And I, I'm willing to say that right now, it's looking like maybe my call was wrong. Like maybe Jalen Hurts actually has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. He's got for sure this year to solidify that, right? It's a it's a prove year, right? Like yes, yeah, this uh, is a big time year for him. It's ride or die time, baby. Like and then after that, though, Mike. Doing. And after that, you you start getting into old and crusty. I mean, fast. Like, to say that he can't ascend past some of these guys after that, why? Just because he's got small hands? Just because we didn't love the prospect because he was a later a late bloomer? Like, I don't care about any of that stuff. The numbers tell you, I think, that there is a chance that he is a quarterback one. Hey, now, nobody, nobody loved the prospect Justin Herbert in rookie dress. Nobody did. They certainly didn't. And if anybody tells you they did, they're fucking lying to you because there's a reason he went 109, 110, need, 111, yeah. 112 in every fucking rookie draft. And nobody was receipts. like, hey, he's going to be a top three quarterback in a couple of years. Bullshit. You're a fucking liar. I'm going to need liar. some receipts of someone yes. that took him inside the top like four, five. I'm going to need it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't believe you. And, and Adam, even though Joe Burrow was the number one pick in a lot of rookie drafts, he wasn't the number one pick, was he? No, that no. was Clyde edwards Hilaire, and then it was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. And then sometimes it was DeAndre I, Swift. I, and I'll tell you this, Mike, there were people that took two ahead of him. There were people, right? Nobody was like, oh, he's got this elite top five ceiling. The point guess is, what, like, guess like, what when, he was for yeah. a lot of people? A late bloomer, a transfer, couldn't play, then all of a sudden had this great season, right? Now, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett yeah. is Joe Burrow the prospect. Please don't yeah. understand that that's not the case. But we've already caveated and told you that the percentages are telling us this based on historical hit rates, based on what he's, what his prospect is. Now, is there a floor that he may fall out? Yes. L- like we don't know what that's going to hold, right? We we do know that he will hold value based on what Superflex has given us over time, right? He's we got can, you have will, time we, to move him, even if he doesn't that. pan out. We will get into that. I just wanted to make the point. Let me put a nice bow on this first kickoff here. Is that yes, I can I can agree or acknowledge that breaking into the elite tier is gonna be a rough road to get there, right? It's not not sure. the race. Sure. But top break, six especially, it's gonna be tough. Breaking into the elite tier wide receivers isn't an easy task either. It's not. I mean, we got there's every year there's more and more coming in, more and more guys breaking rookie records. Like, oh, nobody's ever gonna do what Justin Jefferson did. And, and Jamar Chase is like, hold my beer, I got this. <laughs> like, watch me. Now, I'm not saying like Drake. I think some people are like chasing like the Drake London or the Traylon Burks thinking they're going to do that, which I think is a faulty move to do. But the point from the wide receivers every year, there's more and more young talent that comes in, and that top gets so 
such a clusterfuck that it's hard for them to do it as well. But I will acknowledge that it's probably harder at the quarterback position. Sure, of course. The, the and, second and it's far point, more valuable too, right? Well, the second point is is that it's going to be hard, but I also don't want to put like these artificial caps on guys' ceilings. Like We truly don't know. We truly don't know. You remember the biggest thing for me last year was me fading Javante Williams because I'm like, all I see is like a David Montgomery outcome. And what's David Montgomery with? Fifth rounder, fourth round maybe. I, I don't was... want a lot of Javante Williams. And now I'm probably like one of the biggest Javante Williams truthers out there. And it's like, I'm going to stop putting fucking caps on guys because we don't know. We don't know. I want to know, one, do you have a safe floor? And do you have the opportunity to increase in value? Like, I'm not going to look at your ceiling anymore. I'm looking at your opportunity to increase in value. And with Kenny Pickett, yes. He has the opportunity to push for, even if he's like QB 15, 14, 13, somewhere in that range, his value is going to go up and he's going to be a worthwhile asset dynasty. So that's my uh, Kenny Pickett kickoff. But we'll dive more into it here. One of the one of the other things, I will say this, talking with Ray, I will say, Adam, I'm going to get your opinion on this. But okay, the 22 class, right? I think the Kenny Walker, the Kenny Pickett's, we're pretty relatively sure about that they have a very safe floor compared to the wide receivers, just based on hit rates, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they never bust, but we know what the floor is. Like we, we know the floor is relatively safe and we'll be able to get out in some value. The wide receivers kind of seem more like home run swings where the the running back, the quarterback, the Kennys seem more like singles or doubles. You know what I mean? Just put the ball in play. Adam, your opinion on this 22 class, because it is so damn dog shit after pick six, let's be honest, pick six, it's, it goes bad. Do you think that opens up more people? I, not me, maybe not you, because I kind of like to play with a little bit of floor in mind but do you think it opens it up for more people to go like fuck it i'm swinging for the fences here like let me get drake london at at 102 let me let me go for the moonshot right let me go for the the traylon burks at 103 fuck the quarterback fuck the running back you know the floors let me let me go for the moonshot let me try to crank this out of the park do you think that opens it up because the rest of the class is just so poopy i'll say let me let me answer the question like this i think Recency bias is something that even someone that thinks they know what recency bias is, is incapable of fully removing that from themselves. And I think right now what you have, Mike, is a lot of running back injuries the last two seasons. You have a lot. I mean, you have two year in year after another. The last two seasons, two years ago and this year. You had the the wide receiver one established as a rookie in Dynasty on years that the running backs didn't perform, right? On years like last year where this great quarterback class didn't do much for your lineup. I think a lot of that is truly encompassing what we're seeing right now, Mike. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, I think that is baked into a lot of why. And I think what we are trying to bring is, more realistic numbers that say, okay, listen, you want to chase the wide receiver one in dynasty, go ahead. But the numbers don't support that that's necessarily the correct play. Now, if you want to do it and you want to shoot for the moon and listen, stats aside, you can throw all the stats aside because guess what? Drake London, 
Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. I don't know that it's a good possibility that they do it, but who's to say they couldn't? I mean, it's yeah. right. It's not, I don't think it's something I want to bet on. I think that's what we're getting at. I do yeah. not want to bet on them being the next Jamar Chase, next Justin Jefferson. But is it possible? Absolutely. We just saw it happen twice, right? So I think that is what's happening is we're seeing wide receivers come into the league and have a very good success rate early now, right? Or or, or we're seeing some that are breaking out and we're ignoring some of the fallers, right? So we're thinking they yeah. all can be really good. So I think that's what's happening. And listen, if you want, if you want to say that you believe that Kenny Pickett has a safe floor and no ceiling, and you don't really see anything worth, and you and you want to pass on that, that is fine. That is your decision. And honestly, I think you should do what makes you comfortable, right? But I just want you to take in all the information and make your decision, right? For us, we're more comfortable taking Kenny Walker and Kenny Pickett. We've given you the reasons why. If you want to take Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson ahead, do so. I just we're going to tell you why we are on the other side. Listen, the whole system is kind of skewed towards value. It's skewed towards projections. It's skewed towards ageism. And production kind of gets thrown out the window. But we're playing in the sandbox that's presented to us. Right? We didn't build the fucking sandbox, but we're playing in it and doing the best that we can. I would say that team build will factor into it to some extent. Like if you were uh, – Adam, if you finished uh, second last year, and you look at your team, for some reason you made a trade during the season and you got the 102 this year, but you finished second in the money. You yeah. look at your team and you're four or five running backs deep, but you may only be like four wide receivers deep and you got to start, you know, you'd feel better with a fifth. Now, you know, 102, maybe you take Drake London instead of Kenny Pickett or Kenny Walker. I think even then, I could understand, I guess, if somebody were to do that. But for me, even then, like, I live by the model, man. I'm going to yeah. draft for value and I'm going to trade for need. That, that's the way I'm going to play it. So we, we we would probably go by the model, but I would say this though, from a standpoint of if you're if you're compl- you're a little torn, you want to be a little safer, and you and you need the wide receiver position. I'm not personally going to fault you if you take Drake London, right? You yeah. do what you got to do. For me, I would much rather have the shot of Kenny Pickett or Kenny Walker being really good, and and I don't know what Kenny Walker is going to do for Seattle. I can give you a lot of reasons. I would love to get into those later if you want to, but I think the landing spot is being too talked about for him. I would rather bet on Kenny Walker being a Javante Williams that we slept on yeah. going into the fifth and sixth round of startups and having more of an ascension than what if, listen, Drake London could be very good, but what if, what if he's not awesome out of the gate? I, I don't know what his value retention is going to be. I think that's the thing I'd rather prefer. Give me Walker. Give me Pickett. I'm not I'm not sitting here hating on Drake London. I'm like, I would love to have Drake London. He's easily wide receiver one in this class for me. I just don't know that I would take him ahead of Walker or Pickett currently. Yeah, we can't really – I mean, we only have an hour show, so we can't get into every single team build and every te- single strategy and, like, lead type and all that. We ain't got <laughs> enough time. Another We'd episode. About another it. episode maybe. But, I mean, we, we would definitely talk about it, and there's some nuances to it. But just yeah. generally – this is our feelings on it. And I kind of feel like we're having a trial, right? We're representing the cases for the Kennys. So we're going to move to Kenny Pickett and a little bit of Kenny Walker. So let's get into the meat of the episode. Now I saw a tweet the other day that just made me lose my fucking mind, Adam. Like, all right. So the tweet, hold on, let's be fair. This is daily, but this, this is daily. This let's hear about this, this day. This, this is, this is from a person with 12,000 followers, 
decent, you know, size account. I'm not going to name and shame, but the tweet says job security of young, unproven quarterbacks is one of the most overrated aspects in Dynasty because Josh Rosen was replaced after a year and Baker Mayfield is in limbo 15 months after the best Brown season in 30 years. Now, this is also backed up by another one who replied to this tweet saying it's the most explorable thing in the Dynasty marketplace. All right, so I read this. Now, let me get into some of the reasons why this pissed me off, Adam. And, and I had to go look. I had to go look, right? So I'm presenting the case for Kenny Pickett. All right, so from the quarterback position, if we're going to talk job security. All the 21 quarterbacks are getting a second year, right? First round, guys. All of them. All of them. They're all fucking getting a second year. Let's go to the next one. Jordan Love. All right, I will give you Jordan Love was a first-round quarterback that doesn't carry much value, right? Doesn't carry I mean, much all, value. Close to none now, right? But I would give it to them. I will give them the job security aspect of Jordan Love does not exist. Nobody was drafting Jordan Love with premium pick, were they? No. Nobody was. Okay, because of the Aaron Rodgers thing, correct? All right, let's look at another quarterback. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. How many years did he get, Adam? Two. Got two years. Two yeah. years and kick to the curb. Okay. Danny Dimes, another shitty one. <laughs> Everybody loves to hate on Danny Dimes. He's going into his fourth year as a starter. Is he not? Drew Locke. Drew Locke has two plus years. Two plus years. Right? You got two years in Denver. And then he's getting another fucking year in Seattle. And he's a second round quarterback. Nobody likes him. <sighs> Baker Mayfield. Your boy. Baker Mayfield. How many years did he get Adam before Cleveland finally said fuck it? Four. Four years. He got the full rookie contract before the extension. Fifth year extension. Four years. You remember last year? At this and we're and talking let's, about, like, let's be honest. They, yeah. Do they extend them? Do they not extend them? Four years. There, I think, truthfully, Mike, it's interesting. Time tells all, but had some of the contracts not worked out the way they did in the offseason this time last year. So, we, we could be to- having a totally different discussion had he got the extension, had some things not happened the way they did last offseason. But here we are, right? This time last year, though, Mike, let's talk about that. This time last year, he was a polarizing quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's generous. Think about last year. I know it's hard because we're always living in the present. Right now he's Baker Reagan, you know, the goofball that got upset and you know put, went on social media, and now currently nobody wants him. We live in the moment right now. But think about if you can try to, you know, take yourself back in time. This time last year, there were people bullish that was saying he's right around their top 12. Yeah. There were yep. people that like, nah, I don't want any part of Baker Mayfield. Okay. You were right if you said that. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't somebody out there that was willing to pay a top 12, top 15 price for Baker Mayfield this time last year. Correct. Now, when you hold the bag and how long you hold it and when you move it, it's a different discussion, right? That's a totally different discussion. Yep. All right. Sam Darnold going in his fifth year as a starting quarterback. Fifth year. Josh Rosen, the one that he pointed to in the tweet. Wow. You got the layup. Josh Rosen, the complete outlier, did not get a second year. Congratulations. You did it. You did it. You did it. Now let's go into some other ones. Mr. Trubisky. Four years. Jared Goff, seven fucking years, Adam. Seven years. 
Carson Wentz, seven years. Paxton Lynch, that's the one he should have gone for, the easy layup. Again, did not very, get an opportunity. Not in his first year, not in his second year, and they already figured out he was poop and just moved on from him. Okay? Johnny Manziel, another one that he could have had. Right? Got the first year, didn't get the second year. Okay? But Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles had five years, Adam. Five years of being a starting quarterback. These are just like the turd ones that I could pull. Wait, I'm not talking I was about gonna say, all the right, other first Because right now, I was going to say, we need to shift the needle. Because right now, you're talking about the the gross. I mean, you're talking about the scum at the you know the bottom of the floor. Like, ugh, it's gross, man. All these are gross, right? Let's talk about some that, other ones, though. Well, I would say that the positional job security is still a very real fucking thing, right? You got Jordan Love. Nobody was investing much in him. Right? But even if I give him, outside of that, you got Love, Rosen, Paxton Lynch, Johnny Manziel. That's it. That's it. Out of all them quarterbacks, there's a reason that hit rate table says what it says, right? There's a reason it says that because you're going to stick around. So I wanted to then look at quarterbacks from their rookie year who didn't have a great rookie year, Adam, and then what they did value-wise, right? I'm just, we're going to talk strict value. What they did if they didn't have a great rookie year to where they were being valued in their second year, right? Because this is part of the reason that we're so bullish on like Kenny, Kenny Pickett or Kenny Walker is because in regards to the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, the quarterbacks and running backs, if they don't hit or don't smash year one, generally don't fall off too far in value to the next year where you can't get out of them, get out of them for like a first round pick or something along those lines. The wide receivers, if they brick, they're they're practically worth nothing, right? The floor is just it's dog shit. Yeah, I mean you can remove practically from that. So I, I put together a list, right? <clears throat> and some of these are easier to do. Again, I, I feel like I'm the biggest Adipo stand there is, but shout out to him because <clears throat> some of these were pretty easy because I can pull. I hope I hope Adico is listening to something we do because we prop we, we, we prop Adico so much. Ah, all the time. Ah. Uh, so Tua Tungavailoa, right? Rookie year, QB 14. Pretty pretty bullish, right? People are pretty bullish. QB 14. Second year, fell to QB 18, 52 overall player. 52 overall, Adam. So, I mean, he's a fifth rounder. Not bad. Not a bad fall off, okay? Next one I got, Zach Wilson. Good one from this year. Bad year, right? Went from QB 17 to QB 19, 52.6 overall. Mac Jones, not the greatest rookie year, actually went up in value. QB 24 to QB 17. So some non-adequal ones that I couldn't easily pull, where I had to go through and look at previous leagues I'd done, uh, start looking at like old ADP. I don't really like to use DLF ADP just because it's a bunch of like random people in a mock draft. And we know like mock drafts sometimes are the most reliable thing. People get in there and do whatever, which is also why I kind of shit on keep trade cut. But for some of that, I also had to pull some data from here. But let's look at some of these ones I had. <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky, rookie year being drafted in the fifth round. Second year, Adam, seventh to ninth round. Wide range, right? Seventh to ninth. Like, you're still kind of in that first round. Like, I can get out of Mitch for a first, future first territory. Not too bad. Drew Locke. <laughs> I, I couldn't find the data for where he was being drafted at his rookie year because he was a second rounder. Nobody yeah. really gave a shit. He didn't do great those first five games. Didn't do great. 
It was okay. His stats were okay. Adam, I remember listening to a co- multiple Colin Cowherd, the Herd podcast on Fox FS1, whatever, where he's calling this guy going into a sophomore year the dark horse MVP candidate. And in, and in startup drafts, he was going in the seventh and eighth round. Seventh and eighth round. Okay. Sam Darnold, seventh rounder, his sophomore year. Still valued in the seventh round, his sophomore year. Jordan Love. Now, do you Let's, remember do you remember Jordan Love last year when there was rumors yes. about Aaron Rodgers retiring? There's only there's only one reason I remember that. I was vehemently fighting anybody on Aaron Rodgers. I, yes. I, I got a lot of them. One of the few crusty older guys that I I mean, I drafted almost every single time I was in a startup, Mike, because everyone's acting like this guy's career was over. Now, to be fair, that was what was putting Jordan Love's value up. But even still, the guy didn't sniff the field. Yeah. I remember getting a late first. Now, this may be an outlier, too. So I just preface it by saying that. Sure. But Probably not happening in every league, but it, 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 I'm sure it happened quite a few times. I remember getting the 111, <laughs> the rookie trap for Jordan Love. <laughs> because it, it, Aaron Rodgers wait. was retiring. In the in the twenty one class, yes, the oh one eleven. Goodness, which I took Devontae Smith with. So yeah, I traded Devontae Smith for Jordan Love. The All right, one eleven for Smith. Yeah. One eleven. Yeah. Now hindsight is twenty twenty, but the one eleven yeah. in the loaded class. But even if you were saying like, man, <clears throat> people, I I saw multiple trades where people were getting like early seconds, two hundred three, two hundred two, somewhere in that range for Jordan Love. It's wild. It was wild. Running backs, Adam. Let's move on to some running backs. Some running back, quote-unquote, face planners, right? Some of the worst that we've seen. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Remember when he was RB4? That was cute. That was cute. Those were good times. And when Lewis Riddick's taking him first overall in a redraft on ESPN, that was good times. He fell to RB15, right? Pretty big fall by numbers-wise. You know, top five to, you know, just 15. But think about, like, where the RB15s go in startups. Won that third, fourth round range, Yeah, I was going to say fourth round at latest. And, and Mike, I mean, this is – sometimes what what happens when people see something visually. He, he, for most of that rookie season, wasn't doing much fantasy-wise. But there were people that watched week one and just could not unsee that, right? And could not unsee, you know, look at this value. This is the 101 last year. Right, like they just couldn't remove themselves from that, and he's tanked and tanked and tanked since. But to your yeah. point, yeah, that now he there. had value insulation off of one game almost, or a couple yeah. games. Ah, uh, Travis Etienne breaks his foot, does absolutely nothing as rookie year. His fucking value went up, Adam. I had to go back through a deco, and you could sort it by month. I went back. You know what? When he at the his final ADP ranking for twenty. Uh, 2021, yes, 2021, before the season started, before he broke his foot, was RB15. Adam, in fucking March, he was RB13. He went up two spots. How the fuck you break your foot, don't do shit, your rookie year, go up in value. Running back position, I guess, bro. Running back you, position. You, you and I were in a startup. <laughs> yes. And I traded up. Because James Robinson is broke. Yep. 
right? Listen, circumstances are what they are, but you're talking about a guy that got hurt in the preseason, did not play, and is – what's he going now, Mike, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah, I can actually – let's pull this up right on air, buddy. I mean, there's a reason that I'm a big Adico fan. You don't think I got that shit? Saved? I mean, I, I know it's, I know it's only, ding, ding, ding. It's only a click away, but you know, only a click or two away. Ah, I, I can't stress how how great it is that he has this tool. It's it's so great. It's all right. Travis Etienne currently, where do we got him at? Uh, RB fifteen. So exactly still second going piece. as a top 15 he's, he's going in the fifth round beginning on, of the fifth round five on may 11th yeah may 11th Man. it's crazy right top 15 running back that did not play last year <sighs> aj dylan rb 36 okay like he had some moments his rookie year right he actually jumped up to rb 26 and then like a real good one uh, I was going to put uh, Sony Michelle on this, but it hurt me to type that out because I remember after Sony Michelle's, he had that like Cam Akers playoff esque like type like playoffs. You know what I mean? Sure, like sure did his sure rookie did. his rookie year. Sure did. And I remember in my home league redraft league taking Sony Michelle in the second round, <laughs> just oh, no. like a fucking idiot. So I know his value went up. But uh, Rashad Penny, I couldn't find out where he was being drafted as a rookie. Long ways to go back, right? Long ways to think back that far. But I looked at it his second here after like Chris Carson kind of established him. I couldn't find ADP, but I was scouring the internet and I was finding these dynasty ranking sites where they were ranking their running backs. He was being ranked as RB 24 to 28 on a few different ones that I had. And there was a few of them I found where he was being valued as a top 50 player overall in dynasty, which is Absolutely fucking wild to me that that was still going on. But it is what it is. Running back position. That is horrible. Adam, let's move on to the wide receivers, right? This is not as rosy. Uh, Devontae Smith, good rookie season. Broke Eagles records. Rookie records. This is before. I wanted to do – I took his ADP because the Deagle has a sweet tool. Man, I don't know how – you think I get paid $5 every time I say his name. (laughs) That's funny. But – he has a sweet tool where you can see by month. So I took the ADP before the the NFL draft, before the AJ Brown trade, because I didn't want that to convolute it. Because we know his ADP is going to fall because of the AJ Brown thing. So before it, he was wide receiver twenty one, be uh, last year, and he fell to wide receiver twenty five this year before the AJ Brown trade. Like the man fell four spots and had a good year. <laughs> okay, before uh, AJ Brown. I just wrote down in my notes here that I took. Uh, think about all the second round busts at wide receiver position. Just absolutely fucking worthless. All of them. Dwayne Eskridge, KJ Hamler, Terrace Marshall. I mean, the fucking, uh, who we got? Miko Hardman, right? The list goes on and on and on of all the second round wide receivers who are just absolutely dumpster fire turds. Just not worth anything anymore, right? Ah, uh, it just, it, if you're a second round wide receiver and you bust just write it off that you'll be lucky to get a fourth round pick the following year out of him jerry judy he was he was overall player wide receiver 41 his rookie year think about that 41 overall so he's at the beginning of the fourth round in startups super flex startups adam 
It's fucking crazy to me that he was that high. After a good rookie year, I, I'm not going to say good. He had an okay rookie year. Right? He didn't have a great one, didn't have a bad one, didn't face plant. Had an okay rookie year. The following year, he fell to overall player of 80. So he's, he fell damn near 40 spots. Yeah. 40 spots in yeah. value. That's – oh, uh, let's get on to the, one of the favorites, Jalen Rager. You remember Jalen Rager? That was fun, wasn't it? How do I, how do I, how could I forget Jalen Rager? Jalen Rager was a top 100 startup pick his rookie year. He fell to 158. He fell out of the top 150 players. He fell well, to, and- to to a point where I'm trading I'm trading away Curtis Samuel to go get Jalen Rager. That was the value. That was and like I think I got like a third rounder on top of it. That's where he fell to. Worth yeah. a, a mid second round pick ish, maybe mid to late, or I guess a Curtis Samuel. <laughs> and I mean, let, let, let's talk about that though. Dynasty Generates, think about this. To, to phrase those numbers in more of a startup fashion, Mike, top 100 picks, a top eight round pick, probably. Yeah. You're an eighth or a seventh in startup value, probably for Jalen Rager. Yeah. Seventh and eighth, that's a probably that in most of those startups I was doing, that was about the range he was coming off the board, too. Right. Seventh and then let, let's talk about what getting outside the top 150 means, Mike. That means, like, 13. I don't think I don't think the number of 100 to 150 is doing justice maybe to what that actually is for it. He's going outside the – he's in the 13th now, right? So, yeah. and if you're in startups now, Dynasty Generals, think about this from a – startup think about this if you've done startups at all recently or if you're tuning to adp you get into that 11th that 12th (laughs) you start feeling yeah you start feeling like i gotta go get somebody take them upside take some crap well you're if you're falling outside the top 12 people are passing on you like crazy over and over and over again like, Here's some uh, 13th you, you get to the round point wide where receivers. 13th round. Here we go. There you go. There you go. Here's some Perfect. 13th round wide receivers for you, right? Yeah. Calvin Ridley. Is, he's not even playing, not playing football. <laughs> Adam Thielen. Rondell Moore. Robert Woods. Wandale Robinson. Right. So you got you got Hope Ray with Wandale. You got Adam Thielen, who we're just hoping Father Time is just doesn't happen for him give me 12 games buddy yes you got robert who at this point is on a new team and is coming off of a late acl yeah at an older age right yep i mean it's crusty it's crusty it's not great bob not great and the last one everybody's favorite akila harry he was wide receiver 24 his rookie year he fell he fell wide receiver 43 and for context, the current wide receiver 43 is, uh, you scroll over, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Hunter Renfro. So that's Hunter Renfro right now with Devontae Adams on the team and a healthy Darren Waller. So, yeah. Ooh, not not great. I, the, the point of the exercise, Adam, and I want the, the people listening to know, is, is I'm making the case for why you take Kenny Walker why you take Kenny Pickett over him, and especially Kenny Pickett. So we started off with the quarterback thing. I really wanted to emphasize that, yes, young quarterbacks do usually get multiple years to prove whether or not there's a guy. 
if Kenny Pickett comes out and rides the extreme struggle bus this year and you're not feeling it, you don't like what you see, you're still going to be able to get off of him next year's most likely because we did see there's the Johnny Manziel, there's a Paxton Lynch, there's the Josh Rosen. I'm not going to put fucking Jordan Love in that same category because Kenny Pickett didn't get drafted behind a future Hall of Famer and one of the guys that people talk about as one of the best quarterbacks ever to do it, right? So he's not in that conversation. But we see what the floor is, their second year, what you can get out of them if they're not that great. We also see what the floor is at the running back position, the Kenny Walker. If it's not that great, you still have an opportunity to get out of him. Hell, he apparently, if he just doesn't play all year and breaks his foot, he'll go up in value. <laughs> Travis Etienne, he'll move up two spots at some point. You'll get more out of him hell, than what you spent on him this year. Hell, Mike, maybe he doesn't play for almost four years, and he's a top 50 Rashad Penny type. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, that, maybe you go the Rashad Penny right. I mean, that's crazy that you said that about Rashad Penny. I can't even believe that. It's uh I had to go back and do some searching, so it was still it was still still wild to me that that happened. But this is where like Adam we, we did the hit hit rate charts, right? The the objective view. And this is more subjective, but I had to pull some numbers, right? I had to give some objective reasons on why I believe this. And the way you and I like to play Dynasty. It's like, give us the quarterbacks and running backs because we know that's where the value sits, right? And if we're going to draft for value and trade for needs, we're going to draft quarterbacks and running backs. Now, I'm not advocating for drafting Malik Willis right? early. Right? If you draft Malik Willis, it better be in the mid to late second round. Don't don't be going spending the 110 the, on him. At the earliest. <laughs> don't, don't get stupid. But first-round quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, very safe floor. A lot safer than the wide receivers. Kenny Walker, second round running back, a lot safer floor than the wide receivers. And it opens up multiple possibilities. If I'm wrong on this guy, I can pivot to something else. We already know like the hit rate table says draft them anyways, because they have a much better chance of breaking into elite category than the wide receivers. They're not as likely to bust based on the hit rate table because they finished top 24 or QB 12 in Kenny Pickett's case at a better clip than the wide receivers, even the elite wide receiver prospects like Drake London. And now this is telling you just by the value standpoint that their floors, if they don't produce, if you're a Trubisky, a Locke, a Darnold, your floor is pretty good at a quarterback spot. If you're a CEH, an ETN, AJ Dillon, Rashad Penny, like Kenny Walker, your floor is pretty safe where somebody's going to be willing to trade some value. If you want to get out, you can do it. So Adam, you got to listen to this whole thing. It's a lot of me talking these last two episodes, but, but give the the listeners some of your thoughts on it. Let's get some, uh, some good conversation going. That's all I got. I mean, I'm sitting at work here, just writing down numbers, taking notes, every stupid fucking tweet from 12,000 follower Twitter accounts, just being jerked off on the internet about, you know, how, yeah, it's the most exploitable thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you're being asinine. You're taking two outliers and you're thinking this makes everything. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm well, here to prove it. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Well, okay. Let me let me ask you this, Mike. Let's go before we got about 20 minutes before we gotta get out of here. We'll probably push it to 25 or so. You know how we do it, Dynasty Generous, right? Let's go through. Let's do the same exercise. 
we talked about like realistically before we like just remove just, just to have the conversation of the same thing we did with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Like where can he actually break into? Let's talk about Drake London. Let's talk about Garrett Wilson. Let's talk about Traylon Burks. Like you kind of hit on some of that, but let, let's, where do they fit into the pie? Like what is the top six? Like what is that really going to have to be? Right. Let, let's go through it player by player. Like, let's just talk about this for a second. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm just, let's do it complete so that there's not somebody that's saying we didn't do this. We didn't do that. Like, let's just be all the way through about it. Number one and number two, I don't care how you cut it. We talked about it. it's one A, one B, but yep. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, they set records. They set records as rookies. Justin Jefferson followed that up as a sophomore with a very good season, right? I think we would be completely doing ourselves a disservice if we said that it's is it possible? Sure. Is it realistic to say that they're going to break those two guys in dynasty value? It's not likely, man. Not at all. Okay. Let's get down to the next tier. For us, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb, C. Higgins. Somebody might say the crustier, Diggs, Cup. You got some of those A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Listeners, I just said eight people. Yeah. What's the what's the realistic like what's it gonna take for Drake London to surpass those guys in dynasty value? And he's gonna have to come out and have like eleven hundred yards. And if you're just looking at like fantasy points per game, if he comes out and hits like 15, 15 fantasy points per game, yes, I can see a scenario where like that happens. You, okay. you kind of got to be as a rookie wide receiver. You got to be around the 15 fantasy points per game threshold. Yep, I mean, that's a that's a shit ton of points. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Like for the wide receiver position, that's a shit ton of points. Well, and, and on top of that, I think that's the other thing. And, and Drake Leonard has the body to do so, right? He has this he has a basketball bile guy yeah. that can go get a jump ball and, you know, score touchdowns. But he's going to have to have 1,100 yards and touchdowns, Mike, to be at 15 points per game fantasy wide receiver. So like, do Watt, absolutely. Waddle last absolutely? year. Waddle last year scored 15.4. And, and you know the conversation where, like, he was creeping up to, like, wide receiver six, right, kind of in that range, before the Tyreek Hill trade. Like not not for us, but for some people that was a conversation. Like late second or early third round range in a startup. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had 104 catches, a thousand yards, and six touchdowns. Okay, that, that is a very good rookie year. Like, what, yeah, didn't he break Anquan Bolden's rookie record for receptions? Like, okay. wasn't that oh, a thing? Yes, this is a perfect this is a perfect segue, Mike. How many how many targets did the man have? Oh, he had a shit ton. Of, he's the only fucking player on 140 okay. targets. Okay, good. 140 Thank targets. You. Thank you. Now, is it possible he's going to get those? I guess. I wouldn't Maybe. bet on that. I would not bet on that. Especially, why? Why, though? Tyreek Hill comes over. What was what, what was the case? Jalen Waddell, I think, he descended in ADP and in value. Right now, probably in that wide receiver 13-15 range. He's more right? in, like, the fourth round like type for, like, a startup now instead of being in the second round. Second, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, let's think about this. If Drake London was really the only option in Atlanta, maybe he's get that waddle target. Guess who's there, though, Michael? Cal Pitts, and it's a guy that everybody's drooling. Everybody is creaming over this man, right? He's not going anywhere. He He's going to potentially be the alpha as a tight end. Now, listen, can they split it up? 1A, 1B, can they both be good? Sure. But guess what? What does that give Drake London versus all the other wide receivers in Dynasty, especially those top eight? He's going to have to really have some crazy target volume. And, and it's possible. And he, listen, can he do it? I'm not going to sit here and tell you he can't. I, I'm, I'm also not going to tell you that Kenny Pickett can't be a back-end quarterback one. I'm not, I'm not living in absolutes here. I'm saying what are the probabilities, right? When you have this discussion, there is a difficult window for Drake London to get into the top 10 yes. at wide receiver, right? And, and can it happen? Sure. But, Mike, guess who Guess who has been a back-end quarterback one that nobody wants, and he's 30 Kirk in Cousins. his 30s? Kirk Cousins or even Derek Carr. Derek Carr, too, yep. Guess what happened to Derek Carr's ADP after years of being mediocre? It's gone up because of Ooh. one yep. one player – Going to yeah. be his receiver. Guess what Kenny Pickett has? I don't even know what he's going to be in, in fantasy, but guess what he has? A bunch of weapons. A bunch of weapons, right? My point to you is this. With Drake London, we're drafting him right now, Mike. He hasn't stepped on the field. We're drafting him like he's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're, you're drafting him at the 102 in this draft basically because you're saying, like, to your point earlier, this class is so bad, we're just going to shoot our shot. Like, I think the upside's higher with Drake Lennon. If you believe that, do your thing. But you're spending that 102, a third round, fourth round startup pick in that range. It's rich, man. Listen, if it goes right, can Drake Lennon be a second round startup pick next year? Sure. But we've talked about it. We've, we've given you the data. He could be just as easily a seventh, eighth round startup pick next year. You'd be more That's something I would rather not do based on the fact that at wide receiver, I feel comfortable with about 20 of them. Instead of like startup wise, like instead of taking Drake London at the early part of the fourth round and passing on like, a, you know, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, like those types, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Mac Jones, Tua, Rogers to fill out like a super flex spot. I'd be much more comfortable drafting like a Traylon Burks in the middle of the fifth as like my my wide receiver shot that I'm going to take. But there's even guys going after him, like more established wide receivers that I'd be more inclined to, to take, right? I just I, – it seems like people are getting a little bit over their skis, especially with the wide receiver spot. Like I – maybe it's hard for me to comprehend, Adam, but for us, for you, me, when we talk about it, like we kind of look at things through the same lens and, and I'm trying to see like what the other side is and being open to discussion. And, and that that's the biggest thing. But when right. I'm looking at it, like Adam, we're doing this as like a court case and I'm presenting you all this evidence, like the hit rates are better for quarterbacks and running backs. The, the floor hit rates are better for quarterbacks and running backs. The value fallout if they're turds is better for the quarterbacks and running backs. And I think there's not a fucking person here that can't agree that, if the quarterback or running back hits versus the wide receiver hitting, the value difference for those guys is higher. Like their ceiling 
value is higher. Well, that if Kenny Pickett comes out and has like a Justin Herbert type rookie year, which I'm not fucking saying is going to happen, but it's probably just as likely as Drake London coming out and having a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase like rookie year, right? Who who's going to be higher? Say both of that that happens, Adam. That Pickett comes out and starts breaking all these rookie passing records and has like a Justin Herbert like rookie year, and Drake London comes out and has a Jamar Chase like rookie year. Who the fuck's going higher in startups next year? A hundred times out of a hundred, it's going to be Kenny Pickett because yeah, of, of Super Bowl. Because of Super, it's going to happen. Well, and, and Mike, I think okay, even even to that point. I think I did this a little bit on last episode, so I don't want to do the exact same episode over. But I, I want to ask you this. Yeah. What is, when you read, I'm not going to name and shame. I almost just did it. But yeah. X person in the space saying, this is why you don't take Kenneth Walker. What are their reasonings behind this? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but what are you reading? You, what are you all, reading? All I read is he doesn't catch passes. He didn't catch passes in college. Okay, you hear That's two it. things. You hear two things. He can't catch passes. Seattle doesn't throw the ball to the running back. And what? It's Seattle. It's, Seattle. it's, it's landing spot. Offense. It's bad offense. Landing spot. Can't catch passes. I think that bad offense thing can go right out the fucking window. Do you remember? Do you remember well, the Leonard Fournette point. hate? Do you remember yeah. that though? Yeah. Jackson, of course. Oh, I hate Leonard Fournette. It, you know, fade him. Bad offenses. Running backs don't score points in bad offenses. Granted, Leonard Fournette got cut. Who replaced him? James Robinson okay. on a bad yes. offense, and he yes. finished his RB3. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. Well, we don't have to. Like, the bad offense thing can be stopped. You can go back to Christian McCaffrey, who played on a horrible offense and was the Saquon running back Barkley. one by a, a mile. Right, Saquon Barkley, right? But but let, let, let's even talk just like landing spot. It's not good for the running back position. Yeah, okay. okay? Go ahead. Yep. All right. So let, let, let's think about this. Let's think about recency. Last year, Javante Williams was, for most people, the clear running back three in the class. Some people had him ahead of ETN Prop, before props, the injury. Props, right? to, props Ray, to them. Props to Ray because he was a big, like, I want Javante. Javante, yeah. And I kept fighting him like an idiot because of the ceiling thing. Hey, but listen. Me being a dummy, but yes. But listen, we, we don't know what happens if ETN plays all year, but based on what Urban did, it's not going to be pretty. For yeah, it wouldn't be good. Like, let's no. be honest. It let's just call it what it yeah. is. But, well, Mike, let's think about Javante, though, for the most people. I'm, I'm Ray was Ray was right about Javante. But for most people, what was – what? all right, let me think. Dynasty Generates, this is going to be my last little walkthrough exercise. Like, if you're still here, I need to give you the Kenneth Walker. Let's move the bullshit out of the fucking way. Like, this is ATM's little, here we go. Javante Williams. Kenneth Walker. In Javante Williams' way, guys, ladies, Melvin Gordon. This guy was a first-round running back that actually hit, that actually played, that actually produced. Yeah. Okay? Guess what happened? Think about this dynasty generation. Melvin Gordon didn't get out of the way. He's still there. Melvin came Gordon back. played, came back, but even still for most of the season was a complete thorn in Javante Williams' breakout. We saw the one game pretty much where Melvin Gordon didn't play and Javante looked like a beast. Full workload. Everything changed. Narrative shifted dramatically on Javante. 
guess what we're talking about with 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 Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny and Carson and Chris Carson are in his way. One of them, one of them may not even get cleared medically to play for this year. I'll tell you this much: Pete Carroll has told me he's optimistic about basically everybody that's been in a Seahawks uniform. Listen, I, am I rooting for Chris Carson to not play football again? No, I would love to see him play, oh right? But gosh, yes, yeah, yeah, I get it. But let's I, be honest, I root for the guy as a human being, right? Yes, but Chris Carson may not actually be able to suit up, or if he does, may not play for very long and may not be very effective. And he's pretty old for a running back; he's twenty-seven now, I believe. Yes, Rashad Penny is a fifth-year running back that never broke out. He's he's given you at most a handful of games that you get excited about. By and large, he's either been ineffective, not able to play, or hurt. Yeah. These are the two people in front that we're talking about. There's concern that the people in front of him are going to keep Kenneth Walker off the field. Okay, listen. Maybe, maybe. But even then, Mike, let's go back to the Javante thing. Javante Williams was behind Melvin Gordon for almost the whole season. Even Mm -hmm. when he broke out. Melvin Gordon came back and still kind of capped the workload for Javante. Then Melvin Gordon supposedly was going to leave. He didn't. Came back. Javante's still going in the second round of startups. He is still, Mike, largely a projection. Yeah. Statistically, what did he really do? Like, I know he looked good at times, but my point is, with Kenneth Walker, we're saying the landing spot's so bad. Why? Pete Carroll wants to run the football. Pete Carroll wants to establish the run. Now, is he not going to catch that many passes? Maybe. What if he is, though? What What if Rashad Penny and Chris Carson what they are what we really know that they are, which are hurt and not very good and also hurt? What if Kenneth Walker is someone that can be the bell cow? Like, I feel like all we're talking about is that he's going to be behind people that aren't very good and the landing spot sucks, when in reality, like, what, what if – what if we've seen this before, Mike? What if we've seen that the landing spot over judgment for running back is actually a really bad narrative? It is. What if, what if we've seen this before with DeAndre Swift going to Detroit? What if we've seen this before with all these other running backs? And Kenneth Walker is actually a pretty good prospect that can catch passes. And what if we're saying he's the 108, the 108 and 22? There's one person out there saying 108. 106, 105. I've seen, Mike, I've seen people all the time, all over the place, not just one. I get 108 might be the furthest, but we've seen 105, 106, 107. I've seen it all over the place, man. I think it happens more likely than it should, but ADP still says he's the 102 rookie off the board in Superflex. So, and and he should be, but my only point is like, yeah, if I get you, if, if, if all this narrative is what's keeping him. And not actually the prospect. The one thing about the prospect is he didn't catch passes. Okay, fine. Are we sure he can't catch passes? Yeah. And on top of that, the bullshit of landing spot that we know is garbage narrative. And the fact that there's people in front of him that are going to keep him from it. Like, we we have to stop lying to ourselves. Like, I, I, I have to get this in before we get out of here. We've yeah. got to stop lying to ourselves. Because Chris Carson may not be able to play football. Rashad Penny has not been very good at football outside of a handful of games and can't stay healthy. Why are we acting like this role cannot be his? I'm not going to – you put it eloquently with the Kenny Walker. The biggest part 
I don't want to argue him too much because of like, like some of the things, like I said, like the ADP, there's a handful of people out there pushing bullshit narratives that I, I don't understand. I don't understand where they're coming from. Like the, the guys who should be looking at the data and being objective or are given subjective takes and, you know, like everybody just wants to keep pushing the same thing. It's stupid. The one that irritates me the most is Kenny Pickett at 107 in ADP and Superflex. 107. Right, let, is, let's talk. Let, let's talk about Pickett before we get out of here. There, London goes before him. Burks goes before him. Garrett Wilson goes before him, and Jameson Williams goes before him. Jameson Williams. I, Adam. I. I don't know how many times we have to tell people how much you and I love Jameson Williams. I don't love wide receivers that have late season ACL tears and are rookies. Like, like there's going to be a huge buy window for Jamison Williams. As much as people want to be like, nah, ain't going to happen. There was a fucking Kyle Pitts buy window. For Christ's sake, I saw it. I participated in it in buying Kyle Pitts. I'm still buying Kyle Pitts to this day, and I shouldn't be able to. You don't think it's going to happen with a wide receiver who, who's very likely to start on the pup list? You're going to take that guy over the only quarterback to go on in the first round in this NFL draft who I just gave you a list of the hit rate is better. The floor is better. His value fallout is better. If Jamison Williams, yes, he may have like the built-in excuse. Oh, it's the ACL. He never really got going. His value is still going to dip and you'd be able to buy him later. If you really believe in him next year, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, okay. Let's pull up a deco before we get out of here. Yeah, that might be a good little exercise. What wide receivers are going ahead of Mac Jones currently? Because oh Mac Mac Jones is a, I think for people that are saying Kenny Pickett is not going to be very good as a floor quarterback. Mac okay? Jones is a good comparison. It's and and let, really let's be honest, comparison. right? Like Mac yeah. Jones is a guy that has the starting gig, seemingly not going to go anywhere. But here's the one difference I think we have to all agree on, especially after this rookie draft. New England doesn't have pass catchers to save anybody. Yeah. Pittsburgh does. So I think there's a different upside. But let's let's just say from a floor perspective, Mike, that he's the starting quarterback and he's he's Mac Jones. Mac Jones let's, is going in the fourth round. Mac Jones is going in the fourth round, Dynasty Degenerates. The receivers ahead of him. Okay. DJ Moore, Drake London, Tyreek, Diggs, Metcalf, Higgins, Adams, Waddle, Debo. AJ Brown Cup, and then you know the the cast of characters: CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. The the only person there, the two people there that you that you named for me that stand out would be DJ Moore, who's still someone that everyone wants to hold out hope for because he's had a really good floor despite horrible quarterback play. Yeah, and Drake London, who is a projection. Yes, right, yes. right. Those those would be the two. That stand out. Uh, everybody else, I can understand, right? Yeah. So, so when you think about this, if you're taking Jameson Williams, t- to your point, ahead of Kenny Pickett, if Kenny Pickett just simply starts all season and throws the ball in checkdowns because they have a horrible offensive line to pass catchers, and he's not even that flashy, and he becomes Mac Jones. There's what 15 wide receivers ahead of him. Yeah. Right? Like, like 14, 14 exactly. 14, 14 wide receivers ahead of him. 
right? Think, think about, sometimes you have to try to visualize what this looks like, even if the system is broken, Mike. Let, let, let's go back to the beginning. Let's tie this up and let's wrap this up. This is a sequencing thing, Adam, because I will pose this to you right now. Okay. Would you rather have Mac Jones and Cortland Sutton, or would you rather have DJ Moore and Ryan Tannehill? Mac Jones and Cortland Sutton. Just generic, not not win now, not team build, just generic. Mac Jones and Cortland Sutton. Right? And it could get even better if you like some of these other guys, if you'd rather have an Ayuk or a Juju or Pickens or Michael Thomas or sure. Hopkins or you, insert guy. The quarterbacks in the eighth round are, are is fucking Ryan Tannehill and Davis Mills. Those are the right. next two quarterbacks you can take at that spot. Right. And, and, oh, and listen. My God. It's so bad. L- listen. I, I think this is the, the point, too, with Pickett. If you think the, the, the Superflex values are broken or, like, there are outliers, and you like uh, somebody said on Twitter. You said you, you can exploit it. Okay, okay, fine. But but let, let, let's go with the narrative real quick. Let, let's say you believe that. But how? Because here's what happens, though, Mike. As much as it might be true that there are quarterbacks that bust and some quarterbacks in superflex, you are drafting and losing value on. Same is true for wide receiver. But here's the main difference. Dynasty journalists leave with this. Positional scarcity is not going to change at the quarterback position. It's not. It can't. It simply cannot. It will There's if you change not. your league to one QB league. Okay, fine. You want to <laughs> go? You gonna you want to go play AAF? We call it one quarterback. Yeah, go for it. Fine. You want to play superflex? It ain't changing. It's not. And, and, and listen, if you want to go the crusty way, and you know you want to find a way to make sure you secure Tom Brady, and you know do this in a startup. Listen, all, all the more power to you. I'm sure you have your strategy if, you, if you're fading Kenny Pickett, but I just want you to understand that Kenny Pickett is going to hold value. Like, Pittsburgh has absolutely no quarterback. They don't, man. They don't. They I'm drafted sure. him They drafted him in the, in the first round in a, in a class that the NFL told you we all think is horrible. Why? Because they, they want Kenny Pickett to be their future. And you know what's crazy? He's set up with Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, they just drafted in the second round, and people are acting like they don't want him because there's too many weapons. Because we have we have stuff to talk about Chase Claypool and stuff. Like, listen, if Kenny Pickett plays for the majority of the season and just his average, he's gonna go in the range of Mac Jones. That's the point to take away. And and listen, if you believe that Drake London or that Traylon Burks or that Garrett Wilson is going to be a top 14 wide receiver at the end of the season, you should take them ahead of Kenny Pickett. But just understand that if they're not, the floor is not going to be the same because we just told you that Kenny Pickett's floor is probably in the fourth, maybe at worst the fifth round in startups if he starts for the large majority of the season is just average. It's a it's always a sequencing thing. It's a sequencing thing in draft. I'd much rather take the only quarterback at 103 and then try to trade back in for one of these other wide receivers. Like, we went through the hit rate tables, and some of those other wide receivers outside of Drake London, but like the Alaves, the Sky Moores, the Traylon Burks, fucking Jahan Dotson, who people are dunking on, and he's fallen to the, you know, the second round sometimes. 
like the percentages are still decent enough where it's like, fuck it, man. It's going to cost me nothing. It's going to cost me like people will, if Jahan Dotson's there at the two Oh three, Adam, like I I've seen it before. If he's there at the two Oh three, there are people who will fall over themselves. If you offer them just a generic 23 second for it, like ah, this class is poop. Let me get out of here. Let me pivot. Let me go. Let me go. Let me get out of here. If I go to try to buy like a, a young up and coming QB two, a Mac Jones, a Zach Wilson, the least valuable second year guys, right? Because we know where Fields, Lance, and Lawrence go. If I go try to buy a Zach Wilson or a Mac Jones, what's that price look like? Like I'm sending at least a first and a second, maybe more. It just makes too much sense for me to go like sequencing wise, give me the quarterback and I'll go figure out the wide receiver later. And it's going to not cost me as much. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And, and listen, you know, 40 chess. We talked, we, we told you what the forties are, right? Drafting direction, diligence, dealing. We, we, we talk largely from a strategy standpoint, right? This is from a strategic standpoint. Understand this dynasty degenerates. This is a strategic thing for us. Based on what the market dictates, we prefer to take the position like Kenny Pickett. And when we when we did it, removed ourselves from it and just looked at the numbers, they tell us that it's the correct play based on just the numbers. Now, a year from now, hindsight's 2020. So if you want to come back and clown me or Mike next year, when Drake, if Drake London is the wide receiver one and Kenny Pickett absolutely blows, please feel free to do so. But understand that from a strategic standpoint and what we've seen the market dictate, quarterbacks, rookies that look good, even Mac Jones, who look promising but nothing spectacular, they hold value. For, our, for us, we'd rather do that then put our eggs in a sinking boat like a Nikhil Harry or somebody that busts in the first round, Jalen Rager, right? We, we would rather do the opposite. Now, can Drake London be a second-round starter pick next year? Sure, absolutely. This is not the bet we want to go on. So utilize all this in totality to do what you want to do. But we're, we're just trying to give you our mindset and understanding of where we're coming from and then ultimately let you – Make the decision on how you want to proceed in your rookie drafts or in startup drafts. Yeah, I'm just going to play the odds by hit rates. I'm going to play the odds by value floors and what the market dictates. And and like you said, Adam, it's not a given. It's not 100%. So next year we may look like fucking idiots. Like, oh, I can't believe you said that. But you continue this year after year after year based on historical trends and the data, as long as that data doesn't fucking change, like next year we look at it and it's completely skewed or what, two, two, three years down, whatever. If it doesn't change and this trends continue the way they are, you do it year after year, you're going to be more, it's like we talk about with trading. If you hit 60% of your trades, you're doing it fucking right, man. You hit 60% of these rookie picks by, by doing it the same way and continuing the trend, you hit 60%, you're beating the field. You're beating the average, and you're going to have a successful dynasty team. That That's the point. So that's how we operate. It may not be for everybody. I understand that. And, and this class, above all else, maybe this is like the outlier class where you just swing for the fucking fences and you go for the Drake London and the Traylon Burks and the Garrett Wilson. 
but I'm not willing to do it. And, and especially like when I look at it and I go like, JMO over Kenny Pickett. What? Come on, what are we doing? Or like you yeah. talked about earlier with like Kenny Walker. He's the eighth ranked player on my board. What? 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 Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? And, and- this is asinine. Nothing is telling you that you should be doing this. Just your subjective takes and it's very small, minute things that probably don't matter. Probably don't matter. And, and, and the main point there is that outside of pass catching, it has nothing to do with the prospect. And what we've learned, especially at running back, is the landing spot, the people in front. Like doing it too much based on those things is bad process. We, yeah. we know this. So, so just I want to just bring that to your attention if you're listening to this podcast that the narratives there are something to be a little concerned with. Now, listen, can Kenny Pickett end up – or I'm sorry, Kenny Walker, can he end up not being the greatest running back? Yes, but we've talked about the hit rates. We like the prospect. I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're taking seven people ahead of him in this class, even five people ahead of him in this class. But, listen, I think that's all we got for you. Yeah, We want to bring to you – our thought process on it and some of the numbers aside from our thought process that tell us why we're doing things the way we're doing it. And if you like what you're hearing, you know, keep rocking with us. If you like some of it, but you're not willing to take Kenny Pickett at one Oh two, don't do it. You know, Kenny Walker at one Oh two, don't do it, but we're giving you the reasons why we're there. I'm with you, man. Yep. That's going to do it for us. We're going to bounce out of here an hour and 12 minutes, 13 minutes. Not too bad. Uh, I actually got to fit everything that I wanted to talk about in. I didn't think we were going to get it done, but we did. So we appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you back here. Same time, same place next week. That's it. Adam, hit him with that outro. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. Love it. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.